You're about to listen to a message from Savannah Grace Chapel, Port Harcourt. May these words bear fruit in your heart as you listen. So you see, the prophet says that we have come into a season. Amen. And if you not say anything about seasons, seasons are, like I said yesterday, seasons are seasonal. You get the point? Seasons come and go. Seasons are not, I mean, all, all, when you talk about every, every, all the, the world have different seasons. Amen. Portacourt has, we have, we have interesting seasons in Portacourt. I mean, like I was saying yesterday, if you grew up in the north, those of us who grew up in the north or some other place, we know, we know seasons, we know demarcated seasons. When you say it's Hamatan, you know it's Hamatan. When you say it's rainy season, you know it's rainy season. Amen. Hallelujah. But Portacourt, it is season. Hallelujah. You just wake up in the morning and ah, it's Hamatan. Oh, there's Hamatan today. Oh. Ah, just Hamatan is severe. Amen. You know, for the first time, my lip cracked in Portacourt. I said, ah, there's dry season in Portacourt. The very next day it was hot. And a few days ago it rained. Hallelujah. But even with all these funny things, still, it's still season. Amen. Glory to God. Now let's take seasons that are defined. Let's use the defined season. Seasons that are defined. You know that during those seasons are when certain things can happen. For instance, in the north, during the rainy season is when you plant. It's when you plant, plant maize, you plant corn. Hallelujah. I mean, once it starts raining, once the first rain, second rain comes, everybody begins to, in the north, everybody begins to get their um, equipment and they are beginning to go to the land to begin to arrange, uh, prepare for the rainy season. They say the rainy season has come. It's planting season. Amen. Now it's not that you can't plant any other season. Glory to God. Because in the north there is where they have they call the Fadama, where you plant and then you irrigate. You channel water to it. It's plenty of work. The one that you just plant, they say, ah, rain, you go and hide, the rain falls on the thing, tomorrow you go and weed it. This one you have to direct, channel the water and ensure that every crop gets water. So, when you want to do something out of the season, it's really difficult. But in this season, it looks cheap. It looks so easy to do. And God is telling us that the wind has sent direction to favor us. Hence, we are plugged into a season of gathering. Hallelujah. See, one other thing too I know, um, that seasons, with seasons, the effect of the seasons can last beyond the season. If you take advantage of the season, you get effects that last beyond the season. Hallelujah. So, when it's rainy season and I plant my corn and I make my harvest, my corn, my harvest of corn will last beyond the season of the rainy season. I don't have, you, you know, we don't always have to wait for rainy season before we, we can eat corn. At least we can eat. So, we can stop for when the season is past. So, what I'm saying is that the effect of the season can outlast the season. But see, is that you must take advantage of the season to begin to get the, to, to begin to um, get the effect of the season which will outlast the season. So it tells us that we are plugged into a season of gathering in which it will take days, weeks, months, and years for us to gather. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Now let's look at um, the scripture. Ecclesiastes chapter 9, verse 11. Please give me in NLT. If you have NLT there. 
NLT. NLT. Okay. It says, I have observed something else under the sun. The fastest runner doesn't always win the race. The strongest warrior doesn't always win the battle. The wise sometimes go hungry, and the skillful are not necessarily wealthy. And those who are educated don't always lead successful lives. It is all decided by chance, by being in the right place at the right time. It is all decided by being in the right place at the right time. Glory to God. Hallelujah. And you know, you know they, they, I, I've seen that, uh, uh, um, something I've seen on that song, the, the fastest. And truly, sometimes it's discovered that it's not necessarily about what you, the skills you have, or what you, what you can do, or who you know, or those things. Sometimes it's just being at the right place at the right time. Amen. I mean, if, if some of us, we look into our lives, we'll find that we've had moments like that, experiences like that. I mean, something's happening, and you're just walking, and say, uh, they're just talking about something. I say, ah, I can do this, you know. You can do it. Eh. So if you give you, you can say, yes, I can do it now. But you know that if you are not there, you would have missed that discussion. You would have missed that moment. It says that it's been at the right place at the right time. And see, God, for us, God is saying for us this year that He's orchestrating right place, right time for us in the name of Jesus. And this is what is defined as Kairos moment. Amen. It's not every time that it happens. It's not every time that it happens. But God is orchestrating it. See, you know that's what the people of the world will call luck. Amen. You just walk into a place and say, Ah, Kai, you're very lucky. Ah, how did it happen? You're very lucky. <laughs> For us as believers, we have, we, 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 we are covenant, we, we, are, we are covenanted with God. We, are, we have God as our partner that can cause this lucky moment to always happen for us. So I always say myself, you're always lucky. The world people of the world, we say, ah, I mean, for us, and that, 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 that's, that's God's word to us this morning. For us, by the end of, by December, people will tell you that, man, this year, now so, so, from one lock to one lock, now it doesn't befall you. But it's God orchestrating time for you. It's God orchestrating right place, right timing for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Now, I, 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 I want us to look at um, some... Um, so, okay, let me say something. You know, when you talk about, when you talk about time, there are two, two words about, for time. When you see time, it talks about that chronos, which is, you get your word chronological from, which means that, um, like your calendar time, like your, your, your watch, what's the time now? The time is um, five minutes past 11. It's, 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 it happens orderly like that. It just keeps going. Amen. It's January now. It's going to, we know that for sure it's going to be February. After February, we come March. Amen. After March, we come April. It's not after April. We just go to December. Then when we finish December, we now say, okay, let's come back and do November. Uh, no, it's, it's like that. Isn't that? That's what it's called the chronological order. Then there's Kairos. Kairos actually talks about a season, an opportunity, an opportune time. It doesn't happen all the time, but a season, an opportune time that opens, a window of opportunity that opens to us, that you can take advantage of to do things or to acquire things. Amen. Hallelujah. Naturally speaking, we have, we have times that are like that. I mean, sometimes you just say, ah, one business is selling shares, and you, you just happen to hear about it. You can buy shares. Like that. You can go to the company and um, maybe December and say, hey, excuse me, you people, ah, I want to buy shares now. So you people just sell shares, open and sell shares for me. No. There's a window of opportunity that opens for it that you can see and take advantage of. That's even the natural thing. So, 
Chronos is about seizing opportune moments that occur. I want to see some examples of uh, um, um, Kairos moments, and then we'll, we'll, we'll do that. First, Second Kings, chapter eight, from verse one. I love this, this story. Then Elisha then spoke to the woman whose son he had restored to life, saying, "Arise and go, you and your household, and stay wherever you can, for the Lord has called for you." A famine, and furthermore, it will come upon the land for seven years. So the woman arose and did according to the saying of the man of God, and she went with her household and dwelt in the land of the Philistines seven years. It came to pass at the end of the seven years that the woman returned from the land of the Philistines, and she went to make an appeal to the king for her house and her land. Then the king talked. With Gehazi, the servant of the man of God, saying, Tell me, please, all the great things Elisha has done. Now it happened, as he was telling the king how he had restored the dead to life, that there was the woman whose son he had restored to life, appearing to the king, appealing to the king for her house and for her land. And Gehazi said, My lord, O king, this is the woman, and this is her son, whom Elisha restored to life. And when the king asked the woman, she said, she said to, and when the king asked the woman, she said to him, so the king appointed a certain officer for her, saying, restore all that was hers, and all the proceeds of the field from the day that she left the land till now. How, how, you know, somebody says it's a coincidence. How beautiful a coincidence it is. Amen. I mean, the story is that this woman, the prophet that told her to leave the land, she had left and gone into hiding because the family was coming. She, God warned her. She, she left the place. And then after the family was over, she just decided that, you know, I need to go and beg um, because I've been away for seven, seven whole years. I need to go and talk to the king to help, to restore back my things to me. That same moment, the king, all of a sudden, the king just like, Gehazi, come and tell me about your guy. I've heard stories about this guy. Tell me things about him. And while Gehazi is talking, he says, ah, my, my master did this one. My master did this. In fact, there was one time, one, one woman, the son died. Eh? And um, um, my master went there and brought the son back to life. He said, are you telling me? Guess what? The woman just walks in. Say, ah, you see why personally they lie? You see why? King, see the woman. Oh yeah, come and tell the king. Amen. And... Just at that time, why was it just at that? Why you wanted to when she had finished her story the next day? That now she now comes and then she now she said, "Hey, you raised my son." Say, "Hey, is it your son?" I, that that uh, professor that was my yes, I told him to cut off his head. Amen. But just at that time, God orchestrated it. Right place, right timing. She was just there on time. Amen. I declare to you this year. God is orchestrating right place, right time for you in the mighty name of Jesus. Just at the opportune time, you will be there to take advantage and receive your good, you receive your miracles in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Right place, right time. Let's look at another, uh, another, another account. First Samuel chapter 9 from verse 1 to 20. But we'll probably skip, skip um, some readings. Now there, was a Benjamin, now there was a man of Benjamin whose name was Kish, the son of 
Abiel, the next verse, the son of he's the son of all these people. And he had a choice. He he had a choice and handsome son whose name was Saul. There was not a more handsome person than him um, than he among the children of Israel. From his shoulder upwards, he was taller than any of the people. I'm a, say this guy was fine. This is the real definition of well, okay, well not tall, light, and handsome. <laughs> well, well, not dark. Amen. Now the donkey of Kish, son's Saul's father, were lost, and he said to his son Saul, "Please take one of the servants with you and arise, go look for the donkeys." Amen. So he went. They went looking for the donkeys. They went all through these places. They didn't find donkey. Next, next, next place. Then he says, when they had come to the land of Zuf, Saul said to his servant who was with him, Come, let us return. Let my father cease caring about the donkeys and become worried about us. And he said to him, Look now, there is in, that's the, the, the servant talking to Saul, Look now, there is in this city a man of God, and he is an honorable man. All that he says surely comes to pass. So let us go there. Perhaps he can show us the way that we should go. So they went to see the man of God. Hallelujah. Go on, go on, go on. Went to see the man of God. Um, they, they took a gift along to go and see him. Go on. Go on. Then Saul said to his servant, Well said, come, let us go. So they went to the city where the man of God was. So they went to see the man of God. They entered the city. They asked about the um, um, this house of the seer. They were directed there. Go on, just go on. I'm, I'm going to uh, it's like it's a long read, but I don't want us to read everything. So they entered the city, came to the place where they will find him. So they went. They went up to the city. As they were coming into the city, there was Samuel coming out towards them on the highway up the up to the high place. Amen. So you see, as they entered the city, as they were coming, Samuel was coming and met them. Now the Lord had told Samuel in his ear the day before, the day before Saul came, saying, Tomorrow about this time, I will send you a man from the land of Benjamin, and, he shall be, and you shall anoint him commander over my people Israel, that he may save my people from the hands of the Philistines, for I have looked upon my people because their cries have come to me. So when Samuel saw Saul, the Lord said to him, There he is, the man whom I spoke to you. This one shall reign over my people. So uh, um, um, Samuel, then Samuel drew near to then Saul drew near to Samuel at the gate and said, Please tell me, where is the house? Where is Sia's house? Samuel said, I'm the Sia. Go up before me to the high place, for you will eat with me today. Tomorrow I will let you go and, and will tell you all that is in your heart. Ask, but as for your donkeys that were lost three days ago, do not be anxious about them, for they have been found, and on whom is all the desire of Israel is it not on you and on your father's house? Amen. 
Hallelujah. So, I, I'll just, I'm sorry to rush the reading. But basically, what it was here is that Samuel went, um, Saul's father's donkeys were missing. Saul went out to look for the donkeys. Amen. God has spoken to the prophet to say that I will send somebody to you that will be ordained as, you will ordain as king. Hallelujah. And see how it works. The donkeys, do you, do you know, in my, own, in my own opinion, the donkeys getting missing was the opportunity that took Saul out. He went out looking for his donkeys, but guess what? He came in contact with God's blessing, what God had ordained for him. Do you know if those donkeys were never missing? Saul would never have gone out. He would have been at home. Amen. But on account of those donkeys, he went out and he met his blessing. He met what God had. He met destiny. Let's use that word that way. He met with destiny. And his life was changed forever. Amen. This year, God is orchestrating things so that you will meet with destiny in the name of Jesus. God is arranging it so that you come out while you're looking for what you think you're looking for. God is bringing you into the fullness of his plan for your life in the mighty name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Now, the third, person, third character I want us to look for, and, and this one, look at, and this one is a bit interesting, is um, 2 Kings chapter 2, from verse 1 to 15. Second Kings 2. And it came to pass when the Lord was about to take up Elijah into heaven by a whirlwind, that Elijah went with Elisha from Gilgal. Then Elijah said to Elisha, Stay here, please, for the Lord has sent me to Bethel. But Elisha said, As the Lord lives, and as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So they went down to Bethel. Amen. Maybe I should be talking along the way so that um, um, I, I conserve time. You know, one thing I discovered from the story is that the, the places, all those places were they, they, they were significant places. Bethel, Gilgal, um, 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 all the places that they passed. Now, the first place they were going to was Bethel. The story we have, the, the, one of the, the, the chief accounts that we know of Bethel is found in Genesis 28, from verse 10 to 22. Genesis 28. So we'll come back here. Remember, we are next verse is chapter, verse 2. But let's go back. Let's go to Genesis 28. 10 from verse 10. It says, Now Jacob went out of Beersheba and went towards Haran. So he, he came to a certain place and stayed there all night because the sun, was, the sun had set. He took one of the stones of the place and put it at his head and he lay down in that place to sleep. Then he dreamed and behold, a ladder was set up on the earth and it was and it stopped reached to heaven, and there the angels of God were ascending and descending on it. Then behold, the Lord stood above it and said, "I am the Lord God of Abraham, your father, and the God of Isaac. The land in which you lay, I will give to you and your descendants. Also, your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth; it shall, you shall you shall spread abroad." Please go on. Okay, let me, let me, calm down, just read. Go back to 14, let me read it. Also your descendants shall be as the dust of the earth. You shall spread abroad to the west and the east, to the north and the south. And in you 
and your seed, all the families of the earth shall be blessed. Behold, I am with you, and will keep you wherever you go, and will make you, and will bring you back to this, to this land, for I will not leave you until I have done what I have spoken to you. Go on. Then Jacob awoke from his sleep and said, Surely the Lord is in this place, and I did not know it. And he was afraid and said, How awesome is this place! This is none other than the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. Then Jacob rose early in the morning and took the stone that he had put at his head and set it up as a pillar and poured oil upon it and called the name of that place Bethel. But the name of that city was what had been loose previously. Glory to God. Then Jacob made a vow saying, If the Lord keep me and bring me back. Hallelujah. So let's stop there. Now, we see the story, one of the first um, um, mention of Bethel. Jacob found himself in a place, was running away from his family, was came to a place where he made a stone to sleep, and then he saw the ladder, angels coming up and down, and then God made promises to him. And then when he woke up, he anointed the stone and called the name of the place Bethel, called the house of God. Hallelujah. What was significant about this is that Jacob had an encounter with God that defined his life forever. Glory to God. He had an encounter with God that defined his life forever. And in the story of, of um, Elijah and Elisha, they, they were, he was saying that, look, I'm going to Bethel. I'm going to a place of an encounter with God. Amen. You stay behind. Amen. And don't come with me. But Elijah, Elijah said, no, I will go with you. So he went with him. Let's go back to our story. He went with him to Bethel. Hallelujah. So he went with him to that place of encounter with God. Now see what happened there. Now the sons of the prophets who were at Bethel, so they had sons of prophets who were at Bethel. They came to Elisha saying, do you know that the Lord will take away your master from over you today? And he said, yes, I know. Keep silent. Amen. So, you know, there are these guys that were schooled in the things of the prophetic. Glory to God. They were professional. They were being raised to be professional prophets. I mean, they're the ones that see and hear God very well. So I came to Elisha, do you know that your, 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 your master will be taken away. And I just say, I know. Just hold your peace. Glory to God. After that, so they, they had come to a place of an encounter with God, having encounters with God. But see, that was not what Elisha wanted. And see, easily you would have been distracted. I mean, you could have come to a place of a, where we have, where you could come to a place where you have some mighty encounters with God. And then you become distracted by it. You become satisfied with it. But God has more in store for you. Hallelujah. So they went. Elijah. Now, now Elijah said, Elijah, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me to Jericho. But he said, As the Lord lives and as my soul lives, I will not leave you. So they came to Jericho. Now, what's, what's, what's do we know about Jericho? Let's go to Joshua chapter one. Joshua chapter six from verse one. Joshua chapter six, verse one. Now Jericho was securely shut up because of the children of Israel. None went out and none came in. And the Lord said to Joshua, See, I have given Jericho into your hands, its king and its mighty men of valor. You shall march around the city all you shall march around the city, all you men of war. You shall go all around the city once. 
this you shall do six days. And seven priests shall bear seven trumpets of ram horns before the ark. But the seventh day you shall march around the city seven times, and the priest shall blow the trumpet. It shall come to pass when you make a long blast with the ram's horn, and when you hear the sound of the trumpet, that all the people shall shout with a great shout. Then the walls of the city will fall down flat, and the people shall go up every man straight before him. Hallelujah. So, this is the account we have of Jericho. I mean, the, 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 the city got, they, they came to the city, the city was shut up, and they were, mounting, they were waging war against the city. And God said, look, don't bother, I will, this is what you will do. Just go around the city, on seven days, go around the city seven times, make a loud shout, the walls will come down. And that's exactly what happened. So, Jericho was a place where they experienced the power of God. Where they experienced God fighting for them, granting them stressless victories. Hallelujah. Now, Elijah and Elisha, they had come to a place, so it was saying, look, I'm going to a place where God gives stressless victories. Hallelujah. And it was possible for you to get to a place of stressless victories and decide that I'm going to make my camp here. I'm not satisfied with just enjoying stressless victories. Glory to God. But that was not, that was not the best for him. That was not the best for him. And Elisha, Elisha refused and said, look, we are going together. Let's go back to um, the story. Now the sons of prophets, again the sons of prophets were in Jericho. The sons of prophets came to him and said, Do you know that the Lord will take away from will take away from your master from over you today? He said, Yes, I know. Keep silent. See, you you you, you know something I, I noticed here? There was something inside of Elisha that he knew that he there was something he wanted. There was something he was looking at. There was something he desired. There was something inside of him that said, there is more to life than what I have now. There is more to life than what exists around me now. He knew on the inside of him. So, he was not going to be, he was not going to be distracted by the seeming victories, the seeming good things that were around him. Amen. Because every time they came to tell him, he said, yes, I know. Hold your peace. Be silent. So they went. Then Elisha said to him, stay here, please. For the Lord has sent me to Jordan. But he said, as the Lord lives, as, my soul, as your soul lives, I will not leave you. So the two of them went, went on. What do we know about Jordan? Joshua chapter 3 from verse 1. Then Joshua arose early in the morning, and they set out from Acacia Grove, and came to Jordan. He and all the children of Israel, and Lord there before, they crossed over. So it was after three days that the officers went through the camp and, um, and they commanded the people saying, When you see the ark of covenant of the Lord, or of the Lord your God, and the priests and the Levites bearing it, then you shall set out from your place or, and go after it. Yet there shall be a space between you and it this amount of space. Amen. Hallelujah. Go on, go on, please. And Joshua said to the people, Sanctify yourself, for tomorrow the Lord will do wonders among, among you. Then Joshua spoke to the priest, saying, Take the ark of the covenant and cross over before the people. So they took up the ark of the covenant and went before the people. And the Lord said to Joshua, 
this day I will begin to exalt you in the sight of the people that they may know that as I was with Moses, so I was with so so I will be with you. You shall command the priest to bear the ark of covenant saying, When you have come to the edge of the waters of Jordan, you shall stand in the Jordan. So Joshua said to the so children of Israel, Come here and hear the words of the Lord your God. Amen. And Joshua gave them all these instructions. Amen. Go on, go on, go on, go on. Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is crossing before you into Jordan. Now, therefore, take yourselves, all this number of men, go on. And it shall come to pass, as soon as the sole of your and it shall come to pass, as soon as the sole of the feet of the priest who bears the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth shall rest in the waters of Jordan, there that the waters of Jordan shall cut off the waters that come down from upstream, and they shall stand as a sheep. So it was when the people set out from their camp to cross over to Jordan, with the priests bearing the ark of the covenant before the people. And as those who bore the ark came to the Jordan, and the feet of the priest who bore the ark dipped in the edge of the water, for the Jordan overflowed all its banks during the whole time of harvest, that the water which came down from upstream stood still and rose in a heap very far away at Adam and the city that is beside Zeretan. So the waters that went down into the sea of Arabah and the salt sea filled and were cut off and the people crossed over opposite Jericho. Hallelujah. So what is it that we see in, Jer- in Jordan? Now, Jordan was a place the train of Israel had wandered around the, the wilderness and they had come to the edge of Jordan was their point of crossing into the promised land, into the promise that God had give, given them. And the river was standing between them and the fulfillment of promise. Glory to God. God demonstrated his power by parting, the, the, by, by um, creating a path for them so that they could cross over into God's blessing, into God's promise, into God, and the things that God has spoken to them about. Hallelujah. And that's what it was with the, with, with, with the prophet and, and, and the, uh, Elisha. I mean, you come to a point where you say, look, just settle, just settle on the promises that God has made, to, made for you. Just settle on those things. Be satisfied with it. Be content with it. Amen. You, you live a good life. You, you prosper here. Glory to God. You know, all these places, if Elijah had settled, if Elisha had settled in all those places, he would have been a great prophet. I mean, he would have done prophet, he would have done his prophetic ministry one way or the other, and he would have done well. Glory to God. But not the way that the story later on tells us that he, he, he performed his, his ministry. So, they go on, go back to the story. So, the, verse 7. And 50 men of the sons of the prophets came again, um, of the sons of the prophets, went and stood facing them at a distance, while the two of them stood by the Jordan. Now Elijah took his mantle, rolled it up, and struck the waters. Amen. See what's happening again. See what's happening again. 
Elijah, Elijah has to pass the Jordan. Again, the Jordan had to pass away for him. So he struck the water, the water and he divided this way and that so that the two of them crossed over on dry land. And so it was when they had crossed the crossover that Elijah said to Elisha, Ask, what may I do for you before I am taken away from you? And Elisha said, Please, let a double portion of your spirit be upon me. So we see from the beginning, this was what Elisha wanted. This was what Elisha wanted. See, what are your desires? What are those things that, and your desires are actually the things that God is tearing up on your inside. Amen. A lot of times you look at life and say, no, there's more to life than this. I don't know how many of us have been in that place. You're thinking, there's more to life than what I'm, what, and sometimes you're in a good place. I mean, things are working well, you have a good job, you, you, I mean, you're, they're, they're paying you well, you can meet all your business, but something is like, no, there's more to life than this. There's more to life than this. Hallelujah. They crossed over the Jordan. Now, they crossed over the Jordan. You know, he finally separated them from all the people who are trying to convince him to stay or convince him or talk him, make him feel like as if he was not hearing God. Because everybody's telling him that, do you know your prophet? This man, you're following like this. I mean, it's a case of, why don't you just stay here? This man, you're following like this. You know God is going to take him away. So you go to the next place, they're telling you, stay here, build your tabernacle here. Do you know God is taking this man away? But he knew what he wanted on the inside. He knew the steerings that were in his heart. And he was going to follow it until he got it. So he finally got to the place. Elijah said that, I can't deter him. And Elijah said, okay, ask, what is it that you want? He said, I want a double portion of your anointing. You know that's an audacious uh, uh, something. I mean, Elijah was a feared prophet. Elijah was a revered prophet in Israel. He was one who was able to stand against people like uh, 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 Ahab and, and his wicked wife. Amen. They feared. They feared Elijah. Sorry, they feared Elijah. And then Elijah, Elijah is saying, "I want a double portion of your anointing." See what Elijah, Elijah said to him, verse ten. So he said, you have, you have, even Elijah said, you have asked a hard thing. Nevertheless, if you see me when I'm taking away from, when I'm taking from you, it shall be so for you. But if not, it shall not be so. Go on, go on. Then it happened as they continued on and talked that suddenly a child of fire appeared with horses of fire and separated the two of them and Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven and Elijah saw it Elijah saw it Elijah saw it and he cried out my father my father the child of Israel and his horsemen so he saw him no more and he, stood, and he took hold of his own clothes and tore them into two into two pieces he also took up Elijah's he also took up the mantle of Elijah that had fallen from him and went back and stood by the bank of the Jordan. Now the story goes on. Read it for want to enjoy the rest of the story. But see, see what happened. After he said the prophet told him that this thing you have asked is a very hard thing. But if you are, if you see me when I'm taking up, you, you know what he painted to me? That means that 
that moment was going to happen suddenly. And there was a very strong uh, 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 chances that if he was not conscious, if he was not alert, he could have missed it. Amen. Because if not, the brother would not have told him that if you see me when I'm taking up. Amen. Hallelujah. So there was some, I mean, they could easily have been talking and after, after that, they went, just went on talking and discussing. They could easily have been talking and all of a sudden, you know, say, ah, okay, uh, you said that's something that, eh, okay, where are you there? Okay, where are you? Ah, you have gone. I didn't see where you left. But despite all the talking that they were talking, Elisha was still conscious of it. So when that moment occurred, when that door opened, Elisha saw it. And he got his heart desire. Amen. Amen. Now, we say, okay, so why have we come to this story? See, Kairos moments, like we say, are things that happen seasonally. There are those that God calls up to open, like um, um, Reverend and some other people, they call it, they call it spirit gates. There are spirit gates that God calls to open for us. But see, you must be at a place where you are, you are conscious of it to be able to take advantage of those doors when they open to us. Hallelujah. God will not open the see, God will not open the door. Even when if God opens the door, God will not open the door and then he's screaming, Oh yeah, the door is open, no, the door is open, no. God will tear you up to see the door open. But you could be distracted by whatever it is. I mean, Elijah could easily have been distracted by all those things. He could have been distracted by this place where we have an encounter with God, or have had a beautiful encounter with God, so uh, I, 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 I'm, I'm there. Or you could have been gone to a place where you feel that, look, I've seen the victories of God, I've seen the power of God, like, what else? Or you come to a place where you feel that, look, I've entered into, I've entered into the fullness of what God has spoken concerning me, I've entered into the blessings, I've entered into the good life, I've entered into the great things. And you have been distracted by all those things. But he knew, but was that what he really wanted? We'll see that what Elijah wanted was a double portion of the anointing upon, upon Elijah. So he was conscious of it all through the way. Sometimes there are things that God says in our heart. Sometimes there are dreams that God has put in us. Sometimes there are, there are ideas that God, is, he, 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 God has planted in us. Sometimes there are things that, that things we, we really want to. Sometimes there are some things that have been our dream all our lives. And if you're not careful, you will just settle for the, the best that is at hand. But you see, God can orchestrate it. God, God caused time and chance to happen for us that we have an opportunity of achieving those dreams. Amen. We have an opportunity of achieving those desires of our hearts. And that is what Kairos Moment is all about. That God brings us to a place. God opens opportunities for us to take advantage of to get what we always desired. Hallelujah. Like I say, I'll say it again, you could easily, we could easily miss those times. We could easily, those times could happen, because like with, with Elijah, the Bible says, and suddenly, suddenly, while they were talking, suddenly it happened. And one thing I've discovered with Kairos moments is that Kairos moments always happen suddenly. Kairos moments always, always happen suddenly. So we must be alert. We must be conscious of it. We must be our, our, our spirit antennas must be, must be high up there to pick up those moments when they happen for us. Amen. Now, let, let's look at um, 
Uh, let me see first. Colossians chapter 4, verse 5. It says, Walk in wisdom to walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Amen. It says, Walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Now, what is really striking here is that we're redeeming the time. You know what it means to redeem something? It means to buy back. Amen. Hallelujah. So it says that walk in wisdom. Okay, it says live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Thank you, Lucky. Live wisely among those who are non believers and make the most of every opportunity. Glory to God. So God is saying that, look, walk in wisdom. So, one of the first things that I'll, I'll say here is that the way of um, experiencing Kairos moment is for us to walk in wisdom. Because they walk in wisdom towards those who are outside, redeeming the time. Time can be redeemed. They say time, 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 uh, uh, how do they say it? Time loss cannot be regained. Not with God, not with us. It says redeeming time, buying back time. So, see, things, you, you, you could be in a place where you feel that, oh, ah, which is a very common, popular one that a lot of us experience. Ah, see my mate, we finished school. I mean, one day you go out, you see, like, hey, how are you doing? Ah, you, we, say, ah, 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 you're looking good, though. Say, yeah, I work with Shell now. I just came back from, from training in, the, in Canada. I was in Canada for about five years. I just came back. I was thinking, hey, Canada. Hey, see me. We graduated together. I was once teaching this guy in school. See me where I am. Eh? We graduated 10 years ago. See, he, he is far ahead of me. Glory to God. But you see, one Kairos moment, one Kairos moment, God can bring you and put you even ahead of the person who started, his, who started running 10 years before you. Amen. One Kairos moment, God creates opportunity, time. God creates chance for you. Right place, right time. And all of a sudden, you are at the front of the line. Hallelujah. Redeeming the time. Redeeming the time. But you require wisdom. It says that walk in wisdom. You need to walk in wisdom. And Christ is made unto us wisdom. Glory to God. So we can redeem time. God has called us to redeem time. You know, uh, um, uh, says, um, taking advantage of, uh, what I wrote here, taking advantage of opportunities, number one. Number two, help, help that makes, help, help to make progress so that it seems time was never lost. Amen. Help to make progress so that it seems time was never lost. You know, there are things that God can do to you. Somehow we call it, we have all sorts of name for it. God compresses time or God shortens the time. But God helps you bring you to a place where he all, all of a sudden it looks as if time was never lost. I mean, you look at your life, you look at your life. And for me, for me I've had those experiences before. Now, one time, you know, when I left school, struggled with job, do sorts of things, blah, 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 blah. Okay, school was even one long story. Took me 10 years to get my first degree and all that. And also, my mates that were in school together, I look at them, everybody's looking, looking successful, everybody's looking good. Everybody, I just look at, ah, God, now, wow. It's the same life. Oh, this life, life, no balance. Oh. 
But today, do you know today, there's some of them, I see them, I'm almost better than them. Some of them, we are par. I mean, I, I can't, there's no gathering. I'm using myself as an example now. There's no gathering of my classmates, whether from secondary school or university, that I see gathering of my, of my classmates, that I feel inferior if I go there today. I won't feel inferior if I go there. Ah, you, Shabby, ah, you, you failed in school now, so you... I say, yes, <laughs> I'm doing well today. I'm okay today. I'm as good as you are, if not better. Hallelujah. We can, God can help us to redeem by back time. And what's the strongest thing I want us to uh, um, hear and learn this morning? That see, don't ever come to this place where the devil keeps you in the place of saying that time is lost. Oh, you have lost time. See, everybody has gone ahead of you. God can help you to buy back time. And when God does it, you suddenly, you are in a place where it seems as if time was not lost at all. Hallelujah. Ephesians chapter 5 from verse 15. He says, See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. Amen. You know, it's interesting again. Just go 15. It's interesting again that it comes to talking about it. He says, See then that you walk circumspectly. You know the word circumspect, um, the way Reverend would define it. Uh, no, actually, Pastor Nugu, I, I, I first had to describe it. He says, you walk with eyes all over. That you have all eyes all around, so that you can, wherever you are going to, you, you are always, you know, you can see all that is around you. Amen. That's what circumspectly means. See then that you walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise. You come back again to wisdom. Go on. Redeeming the time. Because the days are evil. Buying back the time. Because the days are evil. We're in 20, 20. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. And. And be not drunk with wine, wearing its excess, but what? Be filled with the Spirit. And I, I, I hear that the correct word is not be filled with the Spirit. It's be filled. Let me, let me, let me say it this way. It's be being filled. It's a continuous thing. That you're constantly being filled with the Spirit. I said be filled with the Spirit. Go on. Speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to God, to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things to God the Father. Let's go back to verse 18. And do not be drunk with wine, which in which is the special. Okay, just right, excess. Do not be drunk with wine in which there's dissipation. See, what does wine do to people when you drink when when you drink wine and you're drunk? Amen. You 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 lose your senses. You lose control. I mean a drunk person is under their control of alcohol. He, he sometimes 
It's, it's, uh, and, and it's, it's, it's a very funny sight watching a very drunk person. Um, it's, it's, it's pathetic and funny. But you see him. I, 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 I saw one video of a drunk man. He wanted to cross the gutter. And then he came there. And then he summoned all his energy, all his might, and took off and jumped straight into the gutter. Hallelujah. He's not in his sense again. He's not, he's not, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't have control over his senses anymore. His senses are under the influence of alcohol. So, why is he comparing, why is he comparing drunkenness in wine with being filled with the Holy Spirit? That you come to a place where the Holy Spirit influences you. And he says, but being, being filled, being filled with the Holy Spirit. Amen. You are constantly filling yourself with the Holy Spirit so that you are constantly under His influence. That is how we receive wisdom and take advantage of Kairos moments. That is how we receive wisdom and take advantage of Kairos moments. See, let me tell you something. For you, a child of God, God is not, God is not a God of second chance. God is a God of many chances. You blow this chance, you open, He gives you a million chances. And that's part of what uh, Pastor Notch was saying during, during prayers this, this morning about you not allowing guilt, guilt to hold you back. Not allowing condemnation to hold you back. Say, oh, God opened this chance to me. Oh, I missed it. Hey, because I've missed it, you know, uh, uh, God has to wait for it to happen again. No, God is giving you a million chances. So He's opening doors for you. You need wisdom. You need to be under the influence of the Holy Spirit for you to see those doors open for you to take advantage of them. You need to have the wisdom of God sometimes to know how to take advantage of the doors that are open unto you. Sometimes doors open unto us, we see them, but we don't have to take advantage of them. Amen. I've seen a lot of times we have people who say, Okay, I'm trying to remember the one story that I had. A brother, somebody we know, so name we tell, so maybe one day he'll give his own testimony one day. You know one time, he said, he said, um, he had been out of work for some time, so he while he was, he was he some things, did something. One time he just felt he just felt an impression in his heart. Go and take your COVID vaccine. What are you taking COVID vaccine? What are you carry COVID vaccine? Are you going abroad? Or? He just went, took his COVID vaccine and all that. So one time, our program prayed and everything. All of a sudden, they all called him from a company. Say, um, do you have your COVID vaccine? Say yes. Say, are you sure? Let's see your card. He sent them the card. He said, okay. Tomorrow at this one and time, come and meet us. Resume job immediately. Hallelujah. Kairos moment. Do you know that if that door had opened for him, I said, do you have a COVID vaccine? He said, no, I don't have my COVID vaccine. No. He said, oh, okay, no problem. You have lost it. The promptings of the Spirit. The promptings of the Spirit. That's our wisdom this year. The Spirit will prompt you. Some of you, some of you, some of you, the Spirit will prompt you. You just... I've told my story of how I got my PVC. You've heard the story of how I got my PVC. I went there all morning, queued up for, to get it. They, it was a rowdy process. It was time to go and pick my daughter from school. I went pick my daughter from school, took her home. I just said, I beg, let me rest, Jerry. I'll go there tomorrow. 
All of a sudden, I don't have a prompting in my heart. What are you doing at home? Just go there. So I just walk to the place. And as I get there, as I get there, I'm standing, they, they start calling numbers. 57, 58. I said, 56 is here. 56 is here. The guy just looked at me and said, 56, come. If I was, if I was, if I was, if I was 10 minutes late, I would have missed that opportunity. But I just had a prompt in my heart. What are you doing? Just go up and just go do, go and finish this thing today. I got up and went to finish it. I could have sat at home, sat in my bed, sleep, and go there tomorrow. And guess what? Sometimes, you know, those doors open for us. We don't even know that they opened. Because we are not there when they opened. But this year, as God prompts us, we are buying back time in the name of Jesus. See, let me use that my my my, my voters card. Do you know I, I, I saw I, I knew people that I got there in the morning, met when I got there in the morning. I knew I saw them there in the morning. When I got my card and I was leaving, they were still there. They were still there. Kairos moments. Kairos moments. God is opening doors for us this year in the mighty name of Jesus. God is bringing opportunities our ways this year in the name of Jesus. By the Spirit of God, we are prepared for them in the mighty name of Jesus. We are sensitive to the leadings. We are sensitive to the promptings of God. We are sensitive to God's preparation in the mighty name of Jesus. There are kairos moments for us. There are kairos moments for us. All through this year, the prophet said it, we, are entering, we have entered a season of gathering. A season of gathering. And we plug into it in the mighty name of Jesus. Oh, our eyes are open to see. Our eyes are open to recognize them. Our eyes are open to know them. And we receive the grace, the wisdom to take advantage of them in the mighty name of Jesus. See, you are a child of God. God is, how many to use the word that way? God is absolutely partial when it comes to you. I say it again. God is completely and absolutely partial when it comes to you. Amen. So, don't come to a place where you are thinking that eh, because I blew this chance, God will not give me another chance. Oh, because I missed this opportunity, God will not open up another opportunity. For no, God keeps opening the opportunities for you. God keeps opening the opportunities for you. But see, we must come to a place where we walk in wisdom. Where we allow Christ to be our wisdom. Where we allow the Spirit of God to lead us. My sister, my sister and I were talking at the beginning of the year. She was telling that one, one thing that, um, word that has been ringing very continuously from the beginning of the year during their prayers and all these things is that this year, what will distinguish the believer, what will distinguish us as believers is our ability to hear and obey God. That will distinguish, let, let, let me put it this way, that will distinguish you and your brethren this year. Because it's not, see, we are all believers, so we all know God, we all speak in tongues, but not, we are sensitive to God, our sensitivity to God is, is different. Don't give up the dreams that you have. They are God, God they are God inspired dreams. Don't give up that, that, uh, 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 um, that idea that you have, they are God-inspired ideas. Say, so, oh, I want to do this. I want, oh, I want to become this. Oh, I want to, I want to, I want to. And it's burning strong in your heart. Hey, don't allow any, any, any seeming success now 
to take your attention away so that when the Kairos moment opens for you, you are missing from it. Amen. Elisha could have set you for any of those places and honestly, he could have built a ministry around it. He could have built a ministry around his personal encounters with God. I had personal encounters with God. I mean, encounters. Things that only people of my spiritual caliber have experienced. Amen. He could have stayed there. Ministry with encounter, but no power. He could have moved on and stayed in the other place where we have passed victories. Victories upon victories. I've seen walls falling. God has brought my enemies low to feed from my hands. Amen. He could have built a ministry there. And could probably be a successful ministry. Or he could have built a ministry. We have entered into our realm. We have crossed the Jordan. All those obstacles have parted with. We have crossed the Jordan. And we are now in our blessing. We have entered the promised land. But see, is that what is that what is burning in your heart? Don't give up your dreams because time seems to have passed. You can buy back time. Kairos moment open for you. You find yourself right where God has planned for you to always be. Amen. This year, this year, this year, I declare Kairos moment. Kairos moment. Your eyes are open to see it. Your heart is enlarged to take it in. In the name of Jesus. Receive wisdom. Receive wisdom. Receive wisdom in the mighty name of Jesus. Let your ear hear instructions. Let your heart be prompt to obey those instructions. In the mighty name of Jesus. When God is preparing you, when God is cooking you, may you, may you follow through with the process. So that you come out ready. When the Kairos moment occurs, you are perfectly prepared for it in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And how do you do it? You stay filled with the Holy Ghost. You stay filled with the Holy Spirit. See, this year, we talk, we talk about, we say, we say a lot of things. I just say, I see, oh, you're just, see, this year, yeah, pray in tongues like never before. Pray in tongues like never before. You know, I, I, I said this before, and I'm saying it again. One of the laziest set of people, one of the laziest set of blessed people are believers. Not even just um, Christians. Believers. Especially Pentecostal believers. Ah, they are lazy. Not us. Because a lot of time God is sharing things in our heart. Sometimes you have a prompting to pray. Sometimes you're, you I say, oh, um, this, this reason. Oh, that reason. This reason. Oh, I can't, I can't create time. But God has made it so easy, and God has made it so easy for us. You, while you're there in your office working, at, you're not praying under your breath. You're speaking in tongues when you're under your breath. Do you know you're generating power? Do you know you're downloading wisdom? Do you know you're receiving instructions? Do you know you're arranging things? You're bringing yourself right. Do you know a lot of times as we pray in tongues, as we, as we spend time fellowshipping, that's what uh, Ephesians is talking about. Go on, go, go, go on, let's see it. Verse 19. 19. It says, be, be being filled with the Spirit. And what? Speaking to one another in Psalms, 
and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Verse 20. Giving thanks always for all things to God, the Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. So, you stay in that place where you're constantly in tune with the Spirit of God. You're staying in that place where you're constantly, you can constantly hear heaven. You stay in a place where you can constantly hear heaven. Amen. You want to get, you want to listen to radio, particular radio station, tune to the frequency and keep stay there. Glory to God. Hallelujah. For instance, you want to listen to Pastor Nudge. There's a time that he comes on. You don't tune to it in the morning. I will listen. I say, ah, ah, I thought um, uh, they said this is uh, Pastor Nudge station now. Why, 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 is this not, why is his voice not coming? You tune to it and you stay tuned to it. Until the time comes when you hear his voice. But it's staying in the place where you, you can't turn off your radio or you can't and go away from your radio and expect that you will hear his voice. His voice will not boom through the air. How many of us know that? That his voice will not boom through the air. If I hear his voice in the air, I'm I'm not I'm running I'm I'm binding and casting. But you stay tuned to it. You stay filled with the Holy, Holy Spirit. You stay, you stay in an atmosphere where you can always hear God. And you are the one to create your atmosphere. Some of us are waiting till you come to church. When uh, uh, they say there's worship going on. Then you hear worship. And then you know, oh, can I worship today? Oh, it touched my soul. It touched my soul. You can't carry Emmanuel with you everywhere. Emmanuel will not follow you. If a man will go to your house, if you are going to, to the, the white throne, I'm very sure that he will not follow you to do that place. But that, let me do that. You know that's the beautiful thing. You're on the white throne. You're giving them horrible aromas. And you're worshipping God. And the Spirit of God, He comes and speaks to you. Amen. Create the right atmosphere so that you can always hear God. It's your hearing of God that will help you to take advantage of your Kairos moment. Create the atmosphere. Oh, spend time in God's word. Spend time in prayer. Spend time in worshipping God. Look, God's not looking for the melody of your voice. He's looking for the melody that is coming from your heart. He said the Lord inhabits the praises of his people. He didn't say the Lord inhabits the melody of, 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 of his people's praise. You could sound like a frog, but you will sing and bring down God's power, God's glory, God's presence. You could sound off key. <laughs> you could sing off key, but God is enjoying your melody. He sees your heart. He loves your worship. He's speaking and he's communing with you. Create the atmosphere of his presence so that you hear him always. So that you hear him always. And so when Kairos moments occur, you can take advantage of them. Hallelujah. This year, you will not miss your visitation in the name of Jesus. This year, this year, your ears will hear God speak to you. This year, your eyes will open to see your Kairos moments. This year, your heart will be large enough to take it in the mighty name of Jesus. This year, all your dreams, I say it again, all your dreams, God is bringing them to pass. God is bringing Kairos moments to bring you to bring 
manifestation and the fulfillment of all that you have ever, all the things that God has placed in you from the beginning of time in the mighty name of Jesus. This year, you will not miss God. This year will be one of your best years. Will be a reference year for you in the mighty name of Jesus. This year, you are going to give your testimony. In 2023, I started that business. In 2023, I achieved that, 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 that hard desire. In 2023, I was able to build my house. In 2023, I was able to buy cars. In 2023, I was able to fulfill all that I desired and all that I wanted. In the mighty name of Jesus. Kairos moments for you. Kairos moments for you. Kairos moments for you. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord God. Don't lift up your hands and give Him praise. Say, Lord, I hear you this year. I choose to spend time with you. I choose to hear your voice. I choose to bring my place to a place where I can easily hear you. Always know what you are saying. Hear what you are saying. So that I can take advantage of Kairos moments when they occur for me. In the mighty name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just speak, just, just speak to God. Just speak to Him. Tell God that you're willing to hear Him. Tell God that you're not resting on any of the past success. You're not going to be distracted by the things that have happened in the past. But you press on. You press on. And you experience the fullness of God in all its entirety in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this message. We hope you were blessed. Connect with Savannah Grace Chapel Port Harcourt on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at SGC Port Harcourt. And download our messages free on Telegram at t.me forward slash SGC Port Harcourt.